Welcome to Presence Church Sermon of the Week. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit PresenceOC.org. Yeah, today um, I really felt that the Lord wanted me to share on what it looks like to be a presence people. And, and I know there's like a play on words there because we're Presence Church, uh, but actually having nothing to do, well, a lot to do because God's here, but having nothing to do with our name and more to do with the presence of God, what it looks like to be presence people, to be labeled as presence people, to be known uh, as those who seek after the presence of God and who partner with the presence of God in, in every daily activity. And I feel like I have an assignment this morning to release what it looks like to be in the presence and what it looks like to receive when you're in the presence. And so I have a couple, um, our worship and ministry time was fabulous. I'm gonna try and run through this um, as quickly as I can. But one of the things the Lord was sharing with me that I was just kind of thinking about this week was, you know, we can, the word of God uh, is God. He wrote it. And so it's really good to get in the word and ministering to one another and getting around a, you know, a table and sharing a meal with one another is really good because then you get to sit across from God's sons and God's daughters. But encounters with God will change everything. Encounters with God will change how you think about every situation. I am literally standing on the faith of encounters that I've had with Jesus that has got me through years of stuff. Something comes up, something passes, and I think, oh, I just remember that one time. Oh, I just remember last week. Oh, I remember what God prophesied over me. It's my prayer that God would prophesy over you guys, that we gather and you'd say, Jesus gave me the craziest prophetic word. You know, we talk about one another like that. Chris gave me an amazing prophetic word. But like when Jesus gives you a prophetic word. <laughs> it's normally pretty true um, and will change your life. Now, when, when I talk about being a presence people and I talk about being labeled as that, who has ever been labeled by something, right? Someone's called you something or known you as someone or whatnot. Um, I always tell my embarrassing stories up here, so I'll, I'll tell one today. <laughs> this morning I was like, gosh, what have I ever been labeled as? And then I remembered this horrible story. Um, I, when I was in high school, I knew I wanted to go to college. And I didn't have a lot of money. I didn't have any money to go to college. So I tried to figure out, how can I get to college with no money? And so I, I worked, and I did this, and I did that. And someone said, you should audition for a pageant. I'm like, well, what do I have to do? You just have to walk in front of people in a pretty dress and say hi and answer some questions. I'm like, Pfft. I can do that. Okay, cool. Not a problem. I had no grid, y'all, for pageants. No grid. I didn't understand the pageant world. I didn't know pageant people. I hadn't been coached. None of it, okay? So my girlfriend says, well, you know, you should probably get a, like a tan. I'm like, I'm real white, I know. I'm like, okay, uh, well, I live in Kentucky. Yeah, I guess I could sit out in my backyard, but the pageant's in like two weeks. What's the fastest way I can get a tan? My girlfriend's like, oh, you should get a spray tan. Okay. Y'all already know where it's going. So I never had a spray tan before. I'm like, okay. So I go to the place, and I don't know if they still do it this way. I stay away. (laughs) 
But you walked into, I'd walk into this machine and you hit this button and it's like a go button. And the lady tells me, listen, you know, once you're ready, get in, hit the go button. It's going to do, you have to do like these funky movements. Do you still have to do this? Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Like the first movement was this one. And then the next one was like this. Like, I'm not kidding. Okay. I do remember vividly that part. And so I push the button and I do my three movements and then it stops. I'm like, huh? Well, okay, maybe I'm supposed to push it again. So I push it again, do my three movements, and then it stops. Now, I've grown in my wisdom, too, over the years. Um, But I kept doing it, probably about five or six times. And so the lady comes, and she knocks, and she says, ma'am, are you still in there? I said, yeah, how many times am I supposed to push this button? Oh, only once. So I come out. (laughs) And it's not bad. It's not that bad. But I, it's bad, but not that bad. Like, it's going to get worse. Um, so I come out, and the lady's just looking at me like, oh, honey, what were you getting a spray tan for? And I said, well, I'm going to be in this pageant thing, and my friend told me I needed to be tan, so I'm just trying to get rid of my whiteness. And she goes, well, you'll be tan. Yeah. Okay. And I literally think she was just kind of terrified of, like, me, because I don't know that she gave me the correct directions. Anyways, so she's like, listen, go home, shower immediately, kind of wash off as much as you can. And you'll be fine. So, okay. So fast forward, pageant day, it's like a day or two after. Um, and I have photos of when you first come out. They didn't tell you about the, they didn't tell me about the bikini thing. They didn't tell me about the, all the other stuff you have to do. But, you know, I come out on the stage for the first thing and um, I'm like brown. I go backstage, everybody else comes out. I come out for the second, like the interview part. And I'm like real brown. <laughs> I go backstage, come out for the last thing. And I'm like black. It literally, over the hours, would get darker and darker (laughs) and darker. And I was, from there on, known as the spray tan girl. (laughs) The pageant, I don't know how, uh, but I got second runner-up, and I walked off that stage, and the mayor of that city came up to me, and he said, Honey, I just want to tell you, you did a good job. And I'm like... Thank you for first pageant. Okay, thank you so much. He goes, but baby girl, you know you're turning darker and darker and darker. (laughs) And then I saw photos later. I was going to bring one today, but I didn't want to ruin your all's eyes. So I didn't. Um, But I was labeled as the spray tan girl. It was not a fun label. Um, Probably not the worst. I guess I could be labeled. But for the rest of my time in the pageant industry, I was the spray tan girl. And I... And everybody knew the story, and they looked at me like, how do you not know about a spray? How do you not know about a spray tan? I'm like, I grew up in the ghetto. I don't know about spray tans. We just go outside and we get burnt. I don't know. And so today, it, it is my goal that we would want to be labeled as people, as a community, as a church who seek the presence of God, who are led by the presence of God. Who, when you walk into a room, when you walk into your workplace, when you walk into a birthday party or whatever, they know that you have been led by the presence of God because you're a presence person. And so I want us to read out of Exodus 14 this morning. If you will, turn with me there. Get your phones out. Get on your Bible app or turn with me in your Bibles. Now, there's a lot that happens in Exodus. Like, a, like, it's dramatic. There's a lot of crazy stuff. So I, I give you guys like a, a one-minute summary. You have Pharaoh, who's the, the king of Egypt, 
and he enslaves all the Israelites, okay? He enslaves them while he doesn't like them. And he's a paranoid kind of fella, so even when he enslaves all the Israelites, he's like, I think there's still more out there. There's more to those people, so I'm going to kill all the, the male babies. So he orders all Egyptians to help kill all the male Israelite babies. Well, some mama up in there was like, uh-uh, I don't think so. I'm on to you. So this Hebrew woman puts her son, later known as Moses, into a basket onto the river and tells Miriam, hey, can you just watch the baby go down the river and let me know what happens to him? So Miriam, hanging out in the fields of flowers, watching the river, which, by the way, can you guys imagine you're watching a baby in a basket in a river? I'd be a hot mess. Like, don't you move. Don't you wake up. Don't you roll over. You stay right there. And so this lady, Miriam sees this lady pick up the basket out of the river. She's like, oh, this is way better than childbirth. I think I'll keep them. And Miriam goes over to this lady who happens to be the Pharaoh's daughter and she says, well, I just so happened to be taking a, a little stroll next to the river when I just so happened to see you pick up this baby out of the river. Funny, huh? And I just so happened to know a lady who can breastfeed him. And I know how awkward this conversation is, but would you be interested? And the Pharaoh's daughter's like, well, yeah, he needs to be fed. Okay, sure. So Miriam takes Moses back to his mom so she can feed him until the pardon my language, well runs dry, and then gives them back to the Pharaoh's daughter. Okay, this is in the word. I'm just saying. And so she gives them back to the Pharaoh's daughter, and Moses growing up knew he was different, knew that he didn't come from that kind of culture, and he got in all kinds of trouble. He beat people up. He killed somebody. It was, it was crazy. Um, and, and so later on, Moses is kind of known for um, herding sheep, being around the sheep, and he has an encounter. Most of you might know this story. He has an encounter with Jesus, with God in a burning bush. Burning bush. I'm like, yes, Lord, give me that. Let me have an encounter with you in a burning bush. You can't miss that one. And then all these, God turns against him, has all these different plagues and all this nasty lice and bloody water and weird things happen. And, and uh, in the encounter that Moses has, God says that Moses and his brother Aaron will help set all the slaves free. And so Moses and Aaron, being the kind people they are, go to Pharaoh, ask nicely, hey, would you mind to set them free? Uh, <laughs> Pharaoh's like, uh, no. In fact, I'm gonna send all my men after you to kill you. And then that brings us to where we are. Okay, context. All right, Exodus 14. It says, as Pharaoh approached the people of Israel, looked up and panicked when they saw the Egyptians overtaking them. They cried out to the Lord and they said to Moses, why did you bring us here to die in the wilderness? Weren't there enough graves for us in Egypt? What have you done to us? Why did you make us leave Egypt? Didn't we tell you this would happen when we were still there? We said, leave us alone. Let us be slaves. It is better to be a slave in Egypt than a corpse in the wilderness. They're dramatic and probably rightfully so. But Moses told the people, don't be afraid. Just stand still. Watch the Lord rescue you today. The Egyptians you see today will never be seen again. The Lord himself will fight for you. Just stay calm. Just stay calm. I mean, can we just pause for a second? You about to get killed. You got lots of people coming after you. And there's Moses. Don't you worry about it. Just uh, stay calm. I, I know you see them coming from afar, but uh, after today, you won't see them. The Lord will take care of them. Just stay calm. 
So Moses responds, don't be afraid, just stand still. (laughs) Just stand still and watch the Lord rescue you today. The Egyptians you see today will never be seen again. The Lord himself will fight for you. Just stay calm, a.k.a. don't look at the situation. Look at God. Don't think about the situation. Don't try and move on your own. Don't try and run. You really can't go anywhere because there's a body of water behind you. There's nothing else you can do except wait on the Lord. The Lord says to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the people to get moving. Pick up your staff and raise your hand over the sea. Divide the water so the Israelites can walk through the middle of the sea on dry ground. And I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians and they will charge in after the Israelites. But my great glory will be displayed through Pharaoh and his troops, his chariots and his charioteurs. When my glory is displayed through them, all of Egypt will see my glory and know that I am Lord. Then the angel of God, who had been leading the people of Israel, moved from the rear of the camp to the rear of the camp. And a pillar of cloud also moved from the front and stood behind them. Verse 20, almost done. The cloud settled between the Egyptian and Israelite camps, and darkness fell. The cloud turned to fire, lighting up the night, but the Egyptians and Israelites did not approach each other all night. Then Moses raised his hand over the sea, and the Lord opened up a path through the water with a strong east wind. The wind blew all night, turning the seabed into dry land. So the people of Israel walked through the middle of the sea on dry ground with walls of water on each side. If we can title today's message, we're going to title it Presence People. The one thing that I love about Moses, which by the way, Moses received his name, meaning I found him in the water. So if you ever feel like you don't have a creative name, your parents are probably a little bit more creative than that. But when I think of Moses, I think of a man who said, God, I don't want to go anywhere without your presence. In Exodus uh, chapter 33, he actually begs God, says, God, do not send me unless your presence goes with me. Do not send me. Don't, don't lead me there. Don't call me to that ministry. Don't call me to lead those people. Don't call me to move to that new city. Don't call me to that new job unless your presence goes with me. I believe that his presence reveals, restructures, and releases fullness. Psalm 16 says, in his presence is fullness of joy. In his presence is fullness of joy. I remember right before we planted this church, we didn't have a name or anything for it. And I said, I told God, I cried out to God, and I said, God, if I don't get to be fully me and you don't get to be fully you, I don't want to do it. I'm tired of doing it the other ways. I don't want to do it. And he said to me, Nicole, in my presence is fullness of joy. Oh, thanks, Lord. That's so good. I'm going to get in your presence. Thank you, Father. For weeks, maybe even a couple months, actually, forget how early it was, in my presence is fullness of joy. Don't you worry. And so I thought, okay, I'm not going to stress about it. God, I'm going to be fully me. You be fully you. And then fast forward, home group basically names this presence church. In my presence is fullness of joy. There's fullness of joy here, fullness of joy. I chose Exodus 14 not only because I really like Moses, but because I just wanted to pull a few things from this text. I wanted to to pull a few things. I feel like the Lord was highlighting to me about what it means to be a presence people, what it means to be led by the presence, what it means to uh, just live day in and day out by the presence, what it means to make decisions 
in the presence, with the presence, what it means to be sent forth with his presence. Now, I know somebody's in the room and you're probably saying, well, wait a second. When I got baptized, I received the presence. I'm in Jesus and Jesus is in me. And that's true. Pastor Chris is like, that's true. And that's true. But the truth is, I can dwell in the same house as my husband and not have relationship. The truth is, I I can be in the same home as my husband. We can sleep in the same bed, and yet I can still choose to not have relationship with him. In fact, I have a covenant with my husband. We have a little marriage certificate. Y'all ever get those baptism certificates? I have a covenant with him. But that doesn't mean I have relationship. It doesn't mean that I fully uh, can go to him and share things and talk through and, and gain wisdom and help understand situations. So yes, you have Holy Spirit in you. But I want to talk about intimacy and relationship today. I have three things. If you're a note taker, every now and again I get kind of fun little notes. I have three things that his presence will do in your life. The first is his presence will make a way. His presence will make a way. And, and it will make what in the natural seems unbearable, in the natural um, unattainable, able. Okay, so if we go to verse 19, it says, The angel of God who had been leading the people of Israel moved to the rear of the camp which means there had been an angel leading from the front. Follow me here. It says in the next verse, the pillar of cloud, which is often known as God's presence and his glory, do a little cloud study in in the word, also moved from the front and stood behind them. The cloud settled between the Egyptian and Israelite camps and darkness fell. The cloud turned to fire and gave light so that they could walk through in the night. So what we see here is there is an angel and the presence of God in the front of these people. There's an angel and the presence of God leading them. But when it comes time, they move from the front to the back to support them, to, to help guide them, and to protect them, to make a way. Y'all ever heard the phrase, I got your back? It's a biblical term. There you go. God's presence and an angel had been leading them. But when they needed to see with their own eyes what they were about to walk through, they needed a backing. They needed the angel in the presence of God to back them, maybe even to push them a little bit into what was before them. The second one is that his, the presence that we would carry as presence people will have Papa's perspective And I didn't mean to have all those peas. I woke up this morning. I'm like, well, I'll try to say that fast four times. I didn't mean to do that. But presence people have Papa's perspective. What do I mean by this? You know your attitude based on the altitude in which you sit. Your altitude, the, the way that you think, how high you think will determine your attitude in life, with situations, in relationships. It is where you sit with the Father that will determine your attitude. Have y'all ever played the game where, there's probably a name to it, so if you know it, you can shout it out, but um, it's, it's uh, normally on like a screen. We would play it in youth group all the time, but it's a picture of something, so it kind of be like, 
like a picture really close up of this and all you would see is just like a little bit of the white and red and you, you're supposed to guess what the picture is. Anybody ever play that game? A few of us, three, okay, good. So basically it's a zoomed in photo of, a, of, of an item, an object and whoever guesses what it is first gets points. But so the first picture is always like really close. It's like right here. And you're like, I have no idea what that is. I was horrible at the game, by the way. I have no idea. And then the second picture is a little bit more zoomed out. And then the third picture is a little bit more zoomed out until you can see the full picture. And see, Papa's perspective, God's perspective of our situations, of what's happening in our life is fully zoomed out. He's not looking at it going, I have no idea what's going to happen to these people. They done got themselves there. I, don't, I can't tell what it is. I can't make it out. Uh, Paul, what do you think? Angels, what about you guys? Y'all got a song for this, a poem, anything? No, he's like, I see the full picture. And, and, and when you make time to have intimate relationship in his presence, he'll reveal it to you. Even Daniel Even Daniel declared that he gives wisdom to the wise and that he reveals deep secrets. I love secrets with God. They're my favorite. I love secrets with him. There are some secrets I have. If I told y'all, you'd probably laugh at me. And so I won't, but in his presence, he reveals the fullness of what's happening. And sometimes you don't get the full photo, but you get the fullness of his perspective. You understand what he's going to do about it and through it. The height to which we think will determine how we live, how we respond, what we expect to see even. When we get with him, he'll give us expectations. He has great expectations. And you guys know that his presence, in his presence, brings expectations. Expectation is the breeding ground for miracles. I need somebody to get that. Expectation is the breeding ground for your miracle. Y'all ever heard the phrase, hope for the best, expect the worst? Who came up with that? Like, I learned that at a really, really young age. Like, you wouldn't face situations where you've invested with that phrase. For instance, you wouldn't buy a car and go, thank you, car dealership fella. I hope it works, but I'm expecting it to break down in two weeks. <laughs> right? You, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't get married. I hope you wouldn't. <laughs> you wouldn't get married, like, on your wedding day. Honey, I hope this works out, but I am expecting it to fail in about one to two years. We wouldn't do that. But why do so many of us hope that God will change something and not expect it? Well, I'm just hoping the Lord is going to turn this situation. I am praying. I am declaring. I'm reading my verses every morning. I'm just hoping it's going to change. But you know what? I'm just ready if it's not. I just expect it to stay the same. But God is good. I just hope the Lord comes through, but you know what? I just, I need to keep my expectation down here because that's where my altitude is. The truth is when our expectation is that he works all things together for good, all things together. When we have an expectation that our God, our King works all things 
Everybody say all things, all things together for good. Then I am in constant expectation that something is about to shift. I am expecting a miracle. I am expecting my marriage to thrive. I am expecting leaders to raise up in this community. I am expecting when people walk into this place, they get a miracle. I am expecting a lot because I'm gonna align my expectations with that of heaven's. Our expectations should be aligned with heaven's. If you're ever just kind of in a rut and, you're, in, and you're, you're having a hard time, write down what it is, and then on the right-hand side of the paper, write down heaven's expectations of what that is. When you surround yourself around things of God, you get God. When you surround yourself around God's expectations, you get God's expectations. Now, wait a second. Hold on. Are you saying if I expect God to walk into my living room and sit down and have a cup of joe with me, then that's what's going to happen? I don't know. Maybe. Spoke to Moses in a burning bush. It's kind of radical. It's kind of crazy. It would be weird if... My kids hung out downstairs, and I hung out in my upper room, and I just watched them. And I kind of said, hey, don't do that. Hey, don't eat that. (laughs) I have to say that a lot these days. Hey, get that out of your mouth. It'd be weird. Like, you'd come to my house, and you'd be like, why are you sitting up there? Why aren't you hanging with your kids? In the same way, that's our God. I want to get downstairs, and I want to kiss Roselle's little chubby cheeks, and I want to teach Roar new words and show him how to lead and, and help his sister. I want to be present. I want them to grow up and go, gosh, my mom and dad were so present in my life, and it changed everything. I'd love for someone to tell me that my expectations of God are too high because I'll just tell them I get them from my dad. Let people say your expectations are too high. Let people say you're crazy. Let people say God can't do that. Say, well, God does it in heaven. He's done it. My expectations just come from him. It's hereditary. (laughs) Like, I expect this church to expand and blow up because my dad wants to add to his kingdom. I have high expectations. I have high expectations. I expect to hear and see people get healed when they come in here. Why? Because my dad's the healer. He has an expectation that you be healed. So why shouldn't I? Why shouldn't my expectations be as high as his? Follow me to verse 15 real quick. It says this, why are you crying out to me? Tell the people to get moving. In other words, why aren't you expecting me to do what I've been doing? Why aren't you expecting me to take care of you? Why aren't you expecting me to prepare a way? Why aren't you expecting me to support you and lead you and guide you and, you know, take you to safety? Why aren't you expecting that? Get to moving. (laughs) Three, his presence radically and oftentimes suddenly changes things. His presence radically and oftentimes suddenly changes things. 
Y'all, I'm an urgent person. Okay, Pastor Jesse does this thing called a pro scan. You should hire him to do yours. It's the best personality test out there. It'll change your life, and he prophesies over you the whole time. So $500 an hour, but it's totally <laughs> worth it. Go talk to him about it. But listen, on my pro scan, on my personality test, my urgency is like, like I'm a get it done kind of person. I like things quick. I get it from my dad. Because a lot of times he suddenly changes things, like in a moment. So my husband's like, you too urgent in this situation. I talked to my dad about it, I don't know. (laughs) Seriously, do a word study on the word suddenly in scripture. It's really cool. It says this, after the angel of the Lord in his presence moved, Moses raised his hand over the sea and the Lord opened up a path where the water, through the water, with a strong east wind, In a moment, he raises his staff and the waters open up. Basically, everything just changed. What you thought impossible is now possible. What you you didn't even think of, like, well, maybe God should uh, make a way in the water. He just did. He suddenly just changed it like that. feel like there's somebody here who you've been waiting on God to do something. You've been waiting for him to shift something. Even when I said that, you go, well, I've been waiting. That's me, God. That's me, God. And I feel like God is saying, if I change this in an instant, are you prepared? Because if I come in and I change what you've been hoping to change and you're not ready, I'm just going to make a bigger mess. Very strongly, I feel this. There's somebody, you've been waiting on God to change something. In fact, you've used the word shift specifically. You've used this word with this situation. And God is saying, prepare. Don't focus on how long it's going to be or when I'm going to do it. Prepare that it's about to happen. Because the truth is, a lot of us say we want change. A lot of us say we want God to move or do this or perform that or heal me or save my family or da-da-da-da. And we're not ready. It's like set the table. Get ready. The meal's coming. If you don't have the table set, I can't put my food on the plates. Be ready for him to suddenly shift something. Presence people prepare for God to suddenly change things for your good. The truth is, even when we come to church, we should prepare And we should expect God to move mightily. If you come and and you're just hoping to get a good word and camp out around the sermon, you will not be able to camp out around his presence. I want you guys to be presence people who when they come, when you come, you're just like, I don't care what we do. You can preach or you don't have to preach as long as I'm camping out around the presence of God. (gasps) Like, what's going to happen when you guys show up and God manifests himself in such a powerful way? It might be weird to you. It might be new to you. And we don't preach. Is that going to ruffle some religious feathers inside of you? Well, they sure didn't follow their directions and they didn't get up and preach the word of God. They must not know God. They didn't preach. Oh, no, we, we were just we're just hanging around the presence of God. And we didn't want to ruin it for you. 
We just wanted to keep worshiping. We just wanted to keep singing love songs to our Abba. We just wanted to hang around him for the morning. I don't need to hear a sermon. I don't need to hear another word. I can get that from him in his presence. I just want to sit right here. He has a lot more to say than we do. Are we ready to just camp out around his presence? Are we ready to be labeled as presence people? Yeah. I want to do something uh, differently right now. I know you guys have already been stretched by Pastor Chris this morning. But I want you to stand. You know, Jesus' purpose was burst out of being around the presence of God. Okay? And I want you, just for the next couple minutes, maybe we could even have Matt come up on stage and, and uh, maybe Strum or something, or Jesse or wh- whomever. But I want you to put your arms on the shoulders of the person next to you. And I just want us, just for a minute, I just really feel like God wants to, to make himself known in a new way to you. Maybe you're in here and you've never heard, like, I can be in the presence of God. What? I thought that I was a sinner and I couldn't do that. How do I do that? I just want the person next to you to just pray that the presence of God would manifest in a new way in your life. And you can begin to prophesy an encouraging word over them if you want. But that you just pray. Maybe you only have the word more. Just pray more. Just pray more over them, that we would be a community that would be hungry for the presence of God to take place in Orange County, for the presence of God to change our community, for the presence of God to rise up in all churches of all denominations, that we wouldn't be afraid of it. So just begin to pray for the person next to you. Yeah, God, we just thank you for your presence, Father. Thank you, Lord, that everything changes when we're made aware of your presence. Father, I thank you that you are with us. I think th- thank you that you are here. I thank you that you go with us, Father. When we leave this place, you go with us, Lord. And right now, Father, I just... Yeah, God, I just prophesy and declare that each person in this room would just have encounters with you, God. Just life-changing encounters. Yeah, I see a young girl. You're in college. And the Lord is going to start speaking to you um, in your dorm room. And I feel like he's actually calling you into ministry. You're not studying ministry. Um, I feel like you're at Vanguard. Yeah, you're at Vanguard. And he's going to start revealing things to you in your dorm room. He's just asking for you to expect him to reveal things to you. And I feel like you have a roommate that you share this room with that you are to um, explain what encounters and what the presence of God is because he's just about to invade that room with dreams and visions and encounters unlike ever before. And I see a businessman. There's a businessman. I don't know what you do. Um, Yeah, I don't know what the business is, but I see him starting to speak to you in your office. It's like you walk into your office and you almost can't work for the first 30 minutes or an hour or two hours. Um, You're going to get a lot done. Don't worry. But I feel like he's actually going to start making his presence known in that place. And from your office, it's going to fill up everything else. Yeah, like you're worried about some type of finance or some deal to go through. And he's like, my presence is all on it. Don't worry. Just seek me. Seek my presence. And then, like I said earlier, I know that there's someone in here and you've been asking God to change something. I feel like there's three, actually. I get the number three. There's three of you. You've been asking God to change something and he's saying, prepare, prepare. It's coming, prepare. 
set your table. Yeah, so God, I just thank you for everyone in this room. Lord, I thank you that we will be marked by your presence, Father. Just pray blessing and covering and encounters in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, love you guys. Hopefully I didn't go, go too long. Feel free to, to hang out and continue to pray and love on one another. Um, yeah, we'll see y'all next week. Oh, yeah, prayer team, let's go ahead and have you up. If you need more prayer, come on forward. Love you guys. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. Be sure to visit our website at presenceoc.org to find out more about Presence Church. 